Wow. No music in the background, just them. I'm impressed. Y'all knew all the words to those songs too, right? I'm impressed that they not only learned them all, but that they sang them. And a lot of parts to be memorized. They worked really hard on that presentation. And it's really appropriate. What they sang and what they expressed is real for children. And it's not just real for children, is it? All those questions about God are the constant questions that Christians have to answer day in and day out. It is, in fact, a shame that the church doesn't stand tall when the questions of life confront us. It's understandable because questions can be overwhelming. They sing about God's power. They sing about God's love. They sing about God never giving up on us. That's all great. and It's all wonderful. We all affirm that and we believe that. But when those, that evil that happens in the world comes to us personally, it really threatens the very fabric of the Christian faith. In fact, since deism began and evolved into other Christian faiths, there have been people who have been questioning the God of creation. There have been people who have been trying to understand this God of the universe, if he were real, why would that God not do some things that seem so obviously important to so many people, so many of his followers? That question has never been really answered to the satisfaction of philosophers, or yes, even some deists in the world, or some theologians in the world. In fact, we struggle with it today. We struggle with it at the practical level. We, we struggle with it at the logical level. We so want God to be logical, don't we? I don't. I don't really. Think of if God were just completely predictable, how boring would this thing called Christian faith be? I think that God is more logical than we realize, but not at the level that we can accept, nor that we can understand. We all have questions, is what it says right here in my book, and that's what I wrote down when I looked at the script that the kids were going to use and they were going to sing. We all have questions. How long would it take me to explain all the questions they brought up today? How long would it take you to explain the answers to those questions? It's good to say, stand up and say that God is good, that God is all-powerful, and that God loves us. And yet, sometimes it seems like the evil of this world overwhelms us. And it seems like God is not there. It's very simple to a child or to an adult. When life deals you a crushing blow, when life deals you something that is totally out of character with your life and who you believe God to be or creation to be, you struggle. You may be thinking, well, I don't struggle. Well, you will. Just give yourself enough time. It will come to you when the truth of life and the truth of evil in the world will be perplexing to you and you will need your faith stronger than ever. And that's when the words of the songs that the children were singing would be so incredibly important. They can say it simply and sing it simply. And God said through Jesus that we should have the faith of children, that we should be like them. And I believe that's a very true reality. When we talk about theism, we're talking about people who believe that uh, their worldview consists by beginning with an assumption that a God exists. That is at the very basic level of theists. Indeed, a lot of the framers of our Constitution were theists. 
They are not completely, they don't completely have a biblical worldview, but they do at least have a a view that God is at the source of creation, that he is the creator of the world in which we live, and that this God, according to what they believe individually, is involved to some extent in our world. They see God as a personal being. Deist believes that God is separate from the natural world. So therefore, God and the creator God stands apart from what we experience on a daily basis. And that's a good and uh, wonderful thing so far as it goes, but it is not the full revelation of God in the scripture that we worship and believe as Christians. There are deists who are not Christians. There are some deists, I believe, who are Christians, just not fully informed. For us, in the problem of suffering and evil in the world, it gets very personal, but not just with us, right? In the 26th chapter of Matthew, Jesus, the very Son of God, God in the flesh, if you will, performed something that has lived in people's minds forever. And he performed a ritual of faith and struggle for us. It was real to him, and it's real to us. The scriptures say in Matthew 26, beginning with verse 36, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for even one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. Now, the one who betrayed him at hand... He's referring to as Judas in the obvious practical way. But I I really like what Mel Gibson did with his film about these events when he showed the presence of Satan in human form skulking around all that was going on during the, the arrest of Jesus, his trial, his crucifixion, and his death. For you see, the real evil in the world was not just in Judas or the choice that Judas made, but it was a real presence of the one who is turned loose upon this earth. And that is the hardest thing for Christians to deal with and to teach others about when they have no biblical worldview, no biblical background. It just seems to them that if God is good and if God is all-powerful, as the children sing, then God would not allow such evil in the world. And rarely do they go beyond that thought. 
They claim, and Christians claim, that God hears our prayers and answers them, and we pray fervently, and we pray, pray specifically, and we pray with faith, and we pray with the words we've been taught to use. And yet, and we all know that at times, God acts in ways that are incredibly evident to us. And we also know, if we're honest, that at times when we pray just as fervently, with just as much faith, with just as big a reason, it seems like God doesn't hear us or the answer seems to be no and that seems unacceptable to us. When it's an illness with our uncle as the children sang about, when it's a breakup of a marriage as the kids talked about, all the things that trouble us in life are there constantly. And we think we want a world, a world in which the God of all power makes everything right just as we pray. Can you imagine what our world might look like if every one of us had every prayer we prayed answered in the way that we want them to be answered? Yeah, you got a picture, right? We as human beings, sometimes we even with our best efforts don't know how to pray, right? Sometimes we pray in ways that would help us but would harm someone else, right? Like if you're praying for our Dallasite to win the Masters Golf Tournament... You might be silently thinking, it's okay if the other guys hit it into the sand trap, just not Jordan. Think about it. That's kind of a silly prayer we think in our minds. But is it any more ridiculous than the way we pray sometimes? Sometimes we get so selfish in our prayer that the will of God escapes us. Sometimes we get so selfish in our prayer that the reality of the results of sin and death are forgotten and we want to claim a completely restored earth now, which will not be until, as the children are saying, when God returns. He will come back. And then at that time, all the prayers that we have will become fulfilled, even on this earth. But according to Genesis, third chapter, it's clear that the actions of human beings as free moral agents brought into the world something that created natural evil and also express something that we call moral evil, the ability to choose for people. The presence of those two evils in our world means that we cannot live on this earth in a place where nothing evil happens because people make mistakes. People make evil choices, wrong choices. Natural disasters do happen. The earth itself is affected by the loosening of God's hand upon the earth and the presence of sin among us. God didn't create tornadoes to be making tornadoes. And this is where uh, natural scientists just go nuts. They say, oh, well, certainly he did. Well, I say certainly he didn't. And they say, prove it. And I'll say, you prove it. You know, we'll go on and on forever. But my faith tells me that it's sin that came into the world that proved the evil that is natural in our world. And it will not be overcome until Christ returns. I believe that when Christ returns, there'll never be another tornado. Yahoo! For those of us in the South, right? There'll never be another flood. There'll never be another storm at sea. There'll never be any of those kind of things that God will correct when we have a new heaven and a new earth. But until that time, we have to live with the result of our own sin, with the own consequences of the sin of, of others, and with the reality that there's a natural evil in this world. People are born and they're not always healthy, are they? In my years in pastoral ministry, I've held funerals for young children, children that are two years old, children that are 
that are older. I've heard about children that are seven years old. I've heard about things, tragedies happening in families that have destroyed many families, but did not destroy them because like the children saying, they had faith even in the face of unspeakable tragedy. Personally. But they did not turn from God. Instead, they turned to God who would never leave us alone. We, as humans, will struggle with those times in our lives. Like one of the books I was reading in relation to this topic, one man shares that he believed he, he prayed for his children every morning. He prayed for his children every night when they went to his bed. He constantly prayed for his children. He constantly prayed for his family. He constantly prayed for God's protection over them. He did not pray that they would die, his wife and one of his four children, in a car wreck, but they did. And he had to go back and rework his whole theology of what it meant to pray. He had to accept that car wrecks happen, but that doesn't mean God is not faithful. He had to accept that sometimes doctors can't save us, and sometimes in the world in which we live, the natural train of events that happens bring tragedies into our lives. Sometimes they're caused by others. Sometimes they are a result of a nature out of control. Sometimes they are a result of evil people. And sometimes, yes, they are the result of the evil one who moves in our midst. We must never forget who we are, however, as followers of Christ. We still go back to pray. I still pray for my children constantly. They got to look out after them. They're, they, yes, they're grown. I know. I got two grandbabies on the way. One of them's coming the 28th, by the way. Don't look for me that week. Somebody else will be bringing the word. Rachel, my youngest, is going to have her first child. We've been praying for that baby since the pregnancy began. That life that is in hers is already ours. Junebug, her name is June Elizabeth, but in East Texas, that probably translates Junebug. Junebug will be here soon, and we are waiting for her to arrive. As surely as we prayed for the husbands that our daughters would find. As surely as we pray for our own grandchildren constantly. As soon as we hear them pray for all of us around the dinner table. We pray for good things to happen to us. We pray for blessings. But we are always aware that sometimes bad things happen to good people. Even God's people. And we do not shrink away from that. In the face of logic or in the face of those who simply won't accept that if God were real, that God would not allow these things to happen because God is good and all-powerful. They forget the foundations of the biblical text. We cannot have a God simply because we want that God to exist. We are taught to believe in the God as God is revealed in these scriptures. You can't take one verse and say God will answer all your prayers and think that means just what it says. You have to offset that with what the rest of the scripture says about prayer, about what it means to pray for God's will. Maybe God's will is for us to enter a time of testing because we've been falling away in our faith. Suffering can be a great healer for Christian people. It doesn't mean we like it or that we look for it or that we pray for it. I've never yet said, okay, God, I'm praying for suffering to commence next week. Let her happen. I don't pray that way. And I got to, does anybody pray that way here? I, I want to meet you after church. I don't think anybody's praying that way here. 
But when suffering shows up at our doorstep or in our families, extended or immediate families, we don't just ignore it as if God has no power over it. We take it as part of the natural realm in which we live and the fallen realm in which we live where sin is rampant. We take it as a challenge to be faithful in the face of adversity. We take it to mean that we as Christian believers are not defeated by suffering or challenge. We take it that we are never defeated even by death on this earth because in death in this earth, there is life forever that commences and continues. That makes us different. Some people say that makes us crazy. I'm good with that. I don't mind being crazy if I get to be crazy forever. Do you? I mean, I'm worried about the people who who don't take it because they think it's crazy, so therefore they just don't believe because God has to be shrunk to the ability of their own puny little minds. That's not God. That's ego. God is so much bigger than our ability to understand. God is so much more powerful than what we see. And we shrink God to be something that we can put in a box, unwrap when we need it, say, perform, God, make this trouble go away, We are deluding ourselves. If that were true, every one of you, every one of you, every one of you would be giving a minimum of a tithe of every cent you have because that's what I've been praying for. And if God were going to make you do it, he'd rip out your billfolds and throw them in the plate when it passed. But God gave you a brain. And he gave me a brain. He said, Doug, pray for them, but leave them alone. They have to decide what they're going to give. They're responsible for that, not for you. That's the way life works. Can you imagine if you were praying for me to change and eat only weeds and seeds? <laughs> Follow my wife's example. By now, you'd be crushed. You'd be going, that guy, he's still not eating just weeds and seeds. He's not. Doesn't he know he's going to die? The answer to that question is yes. I know I'm going to die. I'm going to die with a smile on my face. (laughs) Trust me. Now, I'm not rushing for that date. But if that date is tomorrow, I know as the children are saying, God is not dead. He's alive. And the troubles of this world are nothing compared to the glory that we have and the joy that we have when God fills our hearts. We can take anything because God is with us. Paul said it this way as the children sang about it. He said it this way in Romans 8. As soon as I get to it. He said, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for my good. How about you? The tough things, they work for my good. The things that make me weep inside and fall prostrate on the floor before God work for my good. When someone gives me trouble, calls me names, thinks evil thoughts about me, it works to my good. It makes me stronger. It reminds me of who I am and to whom I belong. When things go great, it works to my good. When things go poorly, it works to my good. When I make a mistake, I give it all to Jesus. It works to my good. When I do something right, I give God the victory. It works to my good. All things work to my good because I've been called according to his purpose. I trust 
that it's the same for you. If you're here this morning and all things are not presently working for your good right now, and you're saying, well, I'd rather heard a different sermon today. I'd rather heard a sermon in the song and in the message that told me God was fixing to fix everything. Well, the only way I can promise that is if God is returning next week. And the last time I checked, God still is not telling anybody when he's coming back, despite the billboards or the books that you may read. It's still a secret that only the Father in heaven knows. But I know this. I know that God will never leave you alone. He will never leave you to face any of the difficult things in life by yourself if you will just acknowledge his presence, open your heart to him, and speak it in his name. I know this also, that God does not call us to shrink before challenges or evil as if we have no power. No, we call upon the very power of God to enter any and all difficulties, and we trust that we'll understand, even if not in the present world, we'll understand by our faithfulness that God is with us, even if we don't see the immediate results that we seek. Maybe you've been praying for someone for years to come to Christ, and they've not yet come. Doesn't mean they won't come tomorrow. Doesn't mean you should give up. Doesn't mean you should give out. For God is not dead. He's surely alive. If you're here today and you do not know that, or you doubt God's presence in the world, we'd love to visit with you as we stand and sing our closing song. If you want to join this church in any way that we accept members, we'd love to have you. But we're going forward in Christ's name, and God has called us to a common purpose that we share together. Let us stand and sing together our closing song.